What's that? What's that do you hear? Oh yeah. That's the sound of me flipping through the pages of the Dead Sea Scrolls and we are back to reading the Dead Sea Scrolls and after so many weeks of having gone over their community rules which reflect their bizarre insane let's go live in the desert cult mindset here we can actually get into maybe some of the more feel good things what were the top 40 hits that the Qumran community really liked to listen to. You know, we all have our favorite hymns in church. We all like opening up our hymnal and singing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, or Crown Him with Many Crowns, right? Well, it turns out the Qumran community had just that. They had their own collection of hymns and poems and apocryphal psalms and everything that maybe reflect their theology and maybe not. Before we start reading what uh, are called the Thanksgiving hymns from Qumran, it is important to note every theological community, doesn't matter what denomination, doesn't matter if they're Christian or not, every single one is going to take inspiration or music from ones that don't share all their agreements. A uh, great example of this is I guarantee you at least one Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall has sung Hillsong songs. That's just what happens. There's a Roman Catholic uh, traditional hymns of the church collection that includes a mighty fortress is our God. Now you'd think that with the uh, traditionalist Catholic line that Martin Luther was a super heresiarch and everything, this sort of thing wouldn't happen. But it does because, well, talent is recognized even if you have theological disagreements. And oftentimes the lyrics don't really reflect a theological disagreement. This could be the same case when we go into the Dead Sea Scrolls and read up on their hymnody when we read up on that. But if there is a chance that they did write a hymn somewhere, then we're probably going to see their weirdo hyperpurity spiraling kind of ethic and theology shining through. Oh boy. So let's get right into this. For the Thanksgiving hymns, hymn number one, formerly 23. And if you do get the uh, Penguin Classics translation, you're going to see all the Thanksgiving hymns have formerly 23, formerly 24. This, that's mostly a manuscript mix-up thing as far as I understand it. So we're going to skip saying formerly this or formerly that. Prince didn't write these, so it's not the song formerly known as this or the artist formerly known as Prince. We're just going to give the numbers straight as labeled. So, hymn one from the Thanksgiving hymns of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <clears throat> dot, dot, dot. All right, not off to a good start. As thou hast said by the hand of Moses, thou forgivest transgression, iniquity, and sin, and pardonest rebellion and unfaithfulness. For the bases of the mountains shall melt, and fire shall consume the deep places of hell. But thou wilt deliver all those that are corrected by thy judgments, that they may serve thee faithfully, and that their seed may be before thee forever. Thou wilt keep thine oath, and wilt pardon their transgression. Thou wilt cast away all their sins. Thou wilt cause them to inherit all the glory of Adam and abundance of days. Well, isn't that nice that they would sing about forgiveness, and particularly the forgiveness of God, 
when the Qumran community was all about punishment and exiling people for any number of things. I mean, if you sneezed at the wrong guy, as we saw in the community rule, uh, they would kick you out, usually for six months. Oops. But, you know, that means that this particular hymn was probably written by somebody else, or it's wishful thinking on the part of the Qumran community. Let's keep going. Hymn number two. I give thee thanks because of the spirits which thou hast given to me. I will bring forth a reply of the tongues to recount thy righteous deeds and the forbearance, dot, 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 and the works of thy mighty right hand and the pardon of the sins of the forefathers. I will bow down and implore thy mercy on my sins and wicked deeds and on the perversity of my heart. For I have wallowed in uncleanness and have turned aside from the counsel of thy truth, and I have not labored, dot, dot, dot. For thine, thine is righteousness, and an everlasting blessing be upon thy name. According to thy righteousness, let thy servant be redeemed, and let the wicked be brought to an end. For I have understood that it is thou who dost establish the path of whomsoever thou choosest. Thou dost hedge him in with true discernment, that he may not sin against thee, and that his humility may bear fruit through thy chastisement. Thou dost purify his heart in thy trials. Preserve thy servant, O God, lest he sin against thee, or stagger aside from any word of thy will. Strengthen the loins of thy servant, that he may resist the spirits of falsehood, that he may walk in all that thou lovest, and despise all that thou loathest that he may do that which is good in thine eyes, destroy their dominion in my bowels, for within thy servant is a spirit of flesh. Okay, so that almost sounds good. But this one probably does come from the Qumran community, reflecting their actual theological uh, perspective here. After all, when we get to the very first line, I give thee thanks because of the spirits which thou hast given to me. We're going to eventually get to their really, really weird spirituality and their understanding of angels, demons, and Nephilim, and giants, and stuff like that. But that, um, you know, an Orthodox, small o Orthodox Christian hymn would say, The Spirit of you which dwells in me. I give you thanks, dear God, because of your Holy Spirit. But here the Qumran community is, oh yeah, I just, I got, I got tons of spirits. This is awesome. Thanks, God. And we also notice here their, uh, their hyper-Calvinistic bent when they say, For I have understood that it is thou who dost establish the path of whomsoever thou choosest. Thou dost hedge him in with true discernment that he may not sin against thee. So remember, the Qumran community had a mix of hyper-Roman Catholic slash Orthodox ecclesiological soteriology, meaning if you weren't in the Qumran community, you probably weren't saved. God didn't love you. It's extra ecclesiam nulla salus taken to the whole nother level, the HNL, but then they mixed that with a kind of hyper-Calvinism where it was all about God's election, soteriology centered around election. And there's Without the gospel, since again, the Qumran started before Christ walked the earth, without the gospel, there is no tempering of what could usually be maybe considered an acceptable emphasis on that. There's, nobody's going to fault a random theologian for having a hobby horse and for people following him in a little bit of his hobby horse. 
so long as he does still keep the main thing the main thing, our Lord Jesus, right? So if somebody is an ecclesiastical theologian who really likes talking about the church, that's okay. If somebody is diving into the mysteries of election and predestination, and they talk about that a lot, but they don't deny that you are saved by Jesus and not by the you know, eternal decrees of God, that's okay. But without the knowledge of Christ, the Qumran community didn't have that to go off of, so they start mixing up excesses. I think that's the best way to explain it. They mix up the excesses of hyperemphasis on things, leading to a soteriology that is a total mess. And this hymn reflects that of, hey, I got a bunch of spirits in me, so God loves me. And by the way, this must mean that I don't sin because God chose me, I hope. But God, I don't want to sin. I'm made of flesh. And I understand that if I sin, I'm kicked out of the community and probably going to hell. So, uh, could you help me out here? And also help me kill all the bad people. I want them all to die so bad. And bad people as in everybody that's not part of my community. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go all Bill Clinton on everybody, but that's just kind of how they sound after a while. So we move on to hymn number three. I thank thee, O Lord, for thou didst shed thy Holy Spirit upon thy servant. Oh, very promising, very promising. But then it follows up with a dot, dot, dot. Five. Dot, dot, dot. Great. Another great start. All these things thou didst establish in thy wisdom, thou didst appoint all thy works before ever creating them, the host of thy spirits and the congregation of thy holy ones, the heavens and all their hosts, and the earth and all that brings forth in the seas and deeps, dot, 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 and an everlasting task. For thou hast established them from before eternity." And the work of dot dot dot, and they shall recount thy glory throughout all thy dominion. For thou hast shown them that which they had not seen by removing all ancient things and creating new ones, by breaking asunder things anciently established and raising up the things of eternity. For thou art from the beginning, and shalt endure for ages without end. And thou hast appointed all these things in the mysteries of thy wisdom to make known thy glory to all. But what is the spirit of flesh? that it should understand all this, and that it should comprehend the great design of thy wisdom. What is he that is born of a woman in the midst of all thy terrible works? He is but an edifice of dust, and a thing kneaded with water, whose beginning is sinful iniquity and shameful nakedness, and a fount of uncleanness, and over whom a spirit of straying rules. If he is wicked, he shall become a sign forever and a wonder to every generation and an object of horror to all flesh. By thy goodness alone is man righteous, and with thy many mercies thou strengthenest him. Thou wilt adorn him with thy splendor, and wilt cause him to reign amid many delights with everlasting peace and length of days. For thou hast spoken, and thou wilt not take back thy word. And I, thy servant, I know by the spirit which thou hast given to me, that thy words are truth, and that all thy works are righteousness, and that thou wilt not take back thy word. And then it cuts off from there. Oh, boy, golly gee. Would you look at that? Thou didst appoint, okay, uh, an everlasting task, okay, Establish them from before eternity. All right, we're talking decrees. It shall recount thy glory throughout all thy dominion. 
Oh man. Removing all ancient things. Horrible original sin being discussed here. R.J. Rushdoony is just breaking out into a cold sweat going, should we have been Qumran guys this entire time? He said Dominion. Oh my goodness, he said Dominion. But, of course, this is like the previous hymn, something that reflects the really, really weird theology of the Qumran community. Let's, let's keep in mind, when we talk about freedom or bondage of the will, and we talk about God's uh, election and things like that, Lutherans have a complicated answer for that. But when we hear things like this hymn from Qumran, uh, he is but an edifice of dust and a thing kneaded with water, whose beginning is sinful iniquity and shameful nakedness and a fount of uncleanness, and over whom a spirit of straying rules. If he is wicked, he shall become a sign forever and a wonder to every generation and an object of horror to all flesh. The Lutheran response is to go, Yes, and this is why, by the means of the gospel, hearing the gospel, you know, God works through means, uh, we hope to win this man's soul, so he is not in this position. We can't forget that the Qumran community looked at it more like God is the computer from I have no mouth and I must scream. Hating people. Like, absolutely frothing at the mouth, angry at people that he created for the mere sin of existence and reserving for them endless torture based on the fact of their existence because they absolutely have zero chance, choice, or other course to take or hear. There is, there's no opportunity for them. They were predestined from eternity to be hated by God and tortured forever. They were designed for that. And that's not the Lutheran way of looking at it. I don't believe that's even close to biblical, but that is Qumran. Again, without Christ, what people tend to do is gather up extremes, collect them in a bundle, and see how far they get with it. At least in places like Qumran. There's other cults and culty organizations that follow this idea, that follow this model. If you have a group like Akankar or uh, Ramtha or stuff like that, where these groups end up with something of an extreme position or a collection of extreme positions because they don't want to acknowledge Jesus. And in the case of Qumran, they didn't have Jesus. So of course they're going to find themselves doing this. Um, Going off of the New Age thing, if you ever look up Alice Bailey or the, the Lucis Trust, formerly Lucifer Magazine, those people, they actually came out with a plan eventually to slaughter a quarter of the world's population. Just put them all down. <laughs> I was in some of Alice Bailey's old quotes and everything like that. Because that was how they were going to help the world enter into the age of Aquarius and achieve enlightenment. Qumran, they eventually wanted to kill everybody that was a Gentile. Everybody that they would consider uh, by blood not part of their them. They had an exterminationist plan, as we saw with the War Scroll. This happens. This is, this is where people get into this uh, very, very stark set of positions here. 
And unfortunately, we see that with their hymns that are supposed to be thanksgiving. It's supposed to be full of thanksgiving and you don't really see much grace or mercy poured forth. You don't see much celebration poured forth reflected here. You just see, I'm a terrible sinner. We're all born terrible, but if you chose me, then I'll be okay and I'll stop sinning. That's great. Um, I hope I'm I hope I'm chosen because otherwise all these wicked people that I wish were dead and in hell right now, um, I don't, well, I just really don't want to be one of them. <laughs> Top 40 hit right there, guys. That's the kind of stuff you'd love to hear at church every Sunday. Am I right? Anyway, let's keep going here. Hymn number four. Blessed art thou, O Lord, who hast given understanding to the heart of thy servant, that he may understand all these things, dot, dot, dot and resist the works of wickedness, and bless justly all those who choose thy will, and that he may love all that thou lovest, and loathe all that thou hatest. Thou shalt instruct thy servant, dot, 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 spirits of man, for thou hast cast their lot according to the spirits between good and evil to accomplish their task. And I know through the understanding which comes from thee that in thy good will towards man thou hast increased his inheritance in thy Holy Spirit, and thus thou hast drawn me near to understanding of thee. And the closer I approach, the more am I filled with zeal against all the workers of iniquity and the men of deceit. For none of those who approach thee rebels against thy command, nor do any of those who know thee alter thy words. For thou art righteous, and all thine elect are truth. Thou wilt blot out all injustice and wickedness forever, and thy righteousness shall be revealed before the eyes of all thy creatures. I know through thy great goodness, and with an oath I have undertaken never to sin against thee, nor to do anything evil in thine eyes, and thus do I bring into community all the men of my counsel. I will cause each man to draw near in accordance with his understanding and in according and according to the greatness of his inheritance. Sorry. So will I love him. I will not honor an evil man, nor consider the bribes of shame. I will not barter thy truth for riches, nor one of thy precepts for bribes. But I will love each man according to his speech, and according as thou removest him far from thee, so will I hate him. And none of those who have turned from thy covenant will I bring into the counsel of thy truth. And goodness gracious, look at how confused they are. If we go to the very beginning of it, if we go to the very beginning of the hymn here, and uh, it says after the first uh, fragment break, I resist the words of wickedness and bless justly all those who choose thy will, that he may love all that thou lovest. And we get choice. Hmm. Qumran, you're not about choice. I mean, you kind of are, but then you say, none of those who approach thee rebels against thy command, nor do any of those who know thee alter thy words. Okay, well, you have cast their lot according to the spirits between good and evil to accomplish their task. So choose God. Choose well. Choose wisely and freely. If it just so happens to be that through no choice of your own, you were going to choose him. Yeah. Um, pardon me. <clears throat> Kumran, you deserve a Titus Final Fantasy meme laugh for that. 
for how confused their theology is. Goodness. Now, obviously, maybe somebody could say it's not fair to examine their theology through their hymns. But we do that with the Psalms. We formulate theology incorporating the Psalms of Holy Scripture into it. Now, I know that the Qumran community likes to play fast and loose with, uh, well, Scripture in generally, and they like to make some stuff up and kind of reword some things to help themselves out in their weirdo case. But I am going to evaluate them based on sound hermeneutics and based on actual biblical theology. And Qumran is absolutely horribly confused. All of these people have zero clue what they're talking about. If you're going to tell people to choose God freely and work your entire life to do that, but then to also say that you are an accident of fate, that God from eternity past decided every single decision for you that you are going to do, then you don't actually have a an anthropology here, a theological anthropology towards freedom or non-freedom of the will. You're just speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Say what you will about messy Lutheran theology. At least with study, it makes sense. At least I can say that, yes, I am a sinner according to my nature, as a sinner, before I am a believer, before my baptism, my will is bound up with the devil. Meaning, just as a, uh, I can't fly, I don't have wings, it is not in my nature to fly. As a non-regenerate sinner, it is not within my nature to serve God. It is impossible for me to please him without the faith which God grants. It requires a change of nature. Now, do I have the ability to make some free decisions? Yes, the formula of Concord says that mankind is worse than a block, worse than a puppet, because a puppet cannot be blamed for the evil it commits. But if I, in accordance with my nature, going along with whatever the devil is leading me to do, guess what? That can be something that is accredited to my account as sin. Yes, and then God comes in, changes my nature through the hearing of the gospel, through the sacrament of holy baptism, through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, and then my will is weakly freed in accordance with a new nature to serve God and please him in faith. That's Lutheran bondage of the will in a very, very unnuanced way of looking at it. But every single one of the hymns thus far, all four of them, reflects a kind of thing that wants to say you don't have free will. Now go use your entirely free will to do the things that verify that you never had free will in the first place. And, you know, God is really loving and righteous except for all the people that he created for the sole express purpose of damning them and torturing them forever. That doesn't really compute, Qumran. Anyway, hymn number five. I thank thee, O Lord, as befits the greatness of thy power and the multitude of thy marvels forever and ever. Thou art a merciful God and rich in favors, pardoning those who repent of their sin and visiting the iniquity of the wicked. 
Thou delightest in the free will offering of the righteous, but iniquity thou hatest always. Thou hast favored me, thy servant, with a spirit of knowledge, that I may choose truth and goodness and loathe all the ways of iniquity. And I have loved thee freely and with all my heart. Contemplating the mysteries of thy wisdom, I have sought thee. For this is from thy hand, and nothing is done without thy will. Dot, 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 dot. Wait, do you see, real quick, before we finish hymn number five here, do you see how they contradict themselves in like the same stinking sentence? I have loved thee freely and with all my heart, semicolon, contemplating the mysteries of thy wisdom, have I sought thee. For this is from thy hand that nothing is done without thy will. Totally free, but everything was predetermined. You can't claim compatibilism here. They're not even trying. I have loved thee freely and with all my heart and soul. I have purified that I, dot, 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 that I might not turn aside from any of thy commands. I have clung to the congregation that I might not be separated from any of thy laws. I know through the understanding which comes from thee that righteousness is not in a hand of flesh. That man is not the master of his way. <laughs> and that it is not in mortals to direct their step. I know that the inclination of every spirit is in thy hand. Thou didst establish all its ways before ever creating it. How can And how can any man change thy words? Thou alone didst create the just and establish him from the womb for the time of goodwill, that he might hearken to thy covenant and walk in all thy ways, and that thou mightst show thyself great to him in the multitude of thy mercies and enlarge his straitened soul to eternal salvation, to perpetual and unfailing peace. Thou wilt raise up his glory from among flesh, but the wicked thou didst create for the time of thy wrath. Thou didst vow them from the womb... To the day of massacre. For they walk in the way which is not good. They have despised thy covenant, and their souls have loathed thy truth. They have taken no delight in all thy commandments, and have chosen that which thou hatest. They chose what they were eternally predestined to do, created for the time of wrath. Okay. For according to the mysteries of thy wisdom, thou hast ordained them for great chastisements before the eyes of all thy creatures, that for all eternity they may serve as a sign and a wonder, and that all men may know thy glory and thy tremendous power. But what is flesh that it should understand these things, and how should a creature of dust direct his steps? It is thou who didst shape the spirit and establish its work from the beginning. The way of all the living proceeds from thee. I know that no riches equal thy truth, and have therefore desired to enter the counsel of thy holiness. I know that thou hast chosen them before all others, and that they shall serve thee forever. Thou wilt take no bribe for the deeds of iniquity, nor ransom for the works of wickedness. For thou art a God of truth, and wilt destroy all iniquity forever, and no wickedness shall exist before thee. Dot, 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 dot. Because I know all these things, my tongue shall utter a reply. I love how he says he knows these things. Like I said, before we finish up in hymn five here, they collect extremes. They collect extremes even though they are mutually exclusive. Are you saved by your membership in the congregation in the one true church of Qumran? Yes. But are you also saved by the eternal election of God in accordance with his hyper-double predestination? Yes. But by the way, it also has to be something according to your free will. Yes. 
100% your free will because otherwise then God decided that you are damned. And then, uh, in addition to this, it's knowledge. It's the super duper awesome secret knowledge that you're given that will give this to you. The Qumran community has simultaneously, somehow, ignoring all the contradictions entailing from it, endorsed hyper-Calvinism, hyper-Arminianism, Gnosticism, and Feneism all at once in the same hymn. <laughs> Goodness gracious. These guys. Anyway. <clears throat> Let me re restart here from fragment eight. Because I know all these things, my tongue shall utter a reply, bowing down and confessing all my transgressions. I will seek thy spirit of knowledge, cleaving to thy spirit of holiness. I will hold fast to the truth of thy covenant, that I may serve thee in truth and wholeness of heart, and that I may love thy name. Blessed art thou, O Lord, maker of all things and mighty in deeds. All things are thy work. Behold, thou art pleased to favor thy servant, and hast graced me with thy spirit of mercy, and with the radiance of thy glory, thine, thine is righteousness, for it is thou who hast done all these things. I know that thou hast marked the spirit of the just, and therefore I have chosen to keep my hands clean in accordance with thy will. The soul of thy servant has loathed every work of iniquity, and I know that man is not righteous, except through thee. And therefore I implore thee, by the spirit which thou hast given me, to perfect thy favors to thy servant forever, purifying me by the Holy Spirit, and drawing me near to thee by thy grace, according to the abundance of thy mercies. Dot, dot, dot. Grant me the place of thy loving kindness, which thou hast chosen for them that love thee, and keep thy commandments, that they may stand in thy presence forever. Dot, dot, dot. Let no scourge come near him, lest he stagger aside from the laws of thy covenant. Dot, dot, dot. I know, O Lord, that thou art merciful and compassionate, long-suffering and rich in grace and truth, pardoning transgression and sin. Thou repentest of evil against them that love thee, and keep thy commandments that return to thee with faith and wholeness of heart to serve thee, and to do that which is good in thine eyes. Reject not the face of thy servant. This is the word of Qumran. Thanks be to God that it's over. At the end of the day, I'm sure somebody might say, well, dude, you are, you're being extremely uncharitable. Clearly, this is just a hymn. I'm sure they worked it out somewhere in theological textbooks. But, friendo, that's where you're wrong. They did not actually have any sort of systematic theology because back in the 200s BC to the 200s AD when Qumran was running around, you didn't have things like scholastic uh, systematic theology textbooks. That wasn't a thing. I honestly wonder if in a lot of these hymns they're asking God for so much mercy because they are so confused that the only thing they can do the only correct thing they can do is go, oh, Holy Spirit, please have mercy on me. I have no idea what to do or think here. I'm saying stuff that contradicts itself in the same sentence. Lord, have mercy. And in all honesty, if you are confused theologically, there is absolutely nothing wrong and everything right with going, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen to that. Anyway. Please tell a friend about the Very Lutheran Project. Uh, we are 
actually getting the ball rolling on all of the aspects of this project that are going to be huge and we are excited to tell you all about it in days in the future. Please feel free to subscribe to Telegram wherever you find me. Catch y'all in the next one. Amen and amen.